The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 149. Today, we're having a special on-air coaching call about when kids get dysregulated. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, it's the new year. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad we're connecting again. I hope that you are doing well, my friend. This is a very cool episode. It's an on-air coaching call. And this is about what do you do when your child has a crisis? You know, how how can you help when your child is really under a lot of stress? So this is a special on-air coaching call. You're going to get a sneak peek into a challenging moment for my Mindful Parenting alumni, Michelle. And she and her children have been going through a a difficult time, which has stressed out one of her children. So some of the takeaways that I had from this is thinking about how slowing down really brings relationships together, how we can both encourage positive thinking and accept our children's suffering, right? So we're going to go a little deeper into the nuance behind that. And A final takeaway is about how decluttering kids' rooms really can de-stress the whole house. So this is a very cool conversation. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that the Mindful Parenting course is going to be coming up really soon. And if you would like to have a taste of what this is all about, you can join up at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training for a free training that we're going to have from February 4th through 7th, 2019. So even if you're in the future, you might be able to find out some information about an upcoming free training we have. So go ahead and go to mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training to learn more about that. And if you are listening now this year, I am so excited to bring a group of amazing mamas to Costa Rica for the Raising Good Humans VIP retreat in Costa Rica. 
It's in April, just before Easter. And this is a really once in a lifetime thing. I don't know if this will ever happen again. So if you want to spend a week with me, you get a lot of coaching. There's going to, I'm bringing in one of my favorite yoga teachers. My mom's coming and there's going to be a lot of relaxation, a lot of growth, development. So, so excited for this. And I would so love to spend a week with you. Do you want to spend a week with me? Then join me, learn more at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. And there's only a few spots left. So please check it out right away. And I'm also happy to get on the phone and talk to you more about it. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. All right, without further ado, please join me at the table for this on-air coaching call with my Mindful Parenting alumni. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm glad to be here. So the listener knows you're a member of the Mindful Parenting course. You joined last spring, right? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I remember talking to you in your car. Just, I think you're in your car. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. so, uh, so just like the, the course calls, let's maybe start this that way. And like, I wonder what, if you can tell me what are some wins that you've been having in your life recently? So lots of wins, realizing that a lot has to do with changing perspective and when you change your perspective, like your thought pattern and take it from looking, oh, you know, sometimes you have a toxic thinking, you look at things negative, 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 but um, empowering yourself to like recreate the situation, right? So instead of me complaining about my kids and saying, I have four kids, my oldest is seven, she'll turn eight in February. I have twin boys that just turned five in September and my youngest one just turned four in September and I'm a full-time working mom. So when I signed up, I was very much looking at my position as, look, you know, I work all day and then I come home and now I have more work because my kids seem to like work. And so I really took on the idea of being a mindful mother, being present to them, and um, looking at myself where I'm kind of contributing that behavior because we've had a lot of changes. So just kind of taking responsibility and kind of taking on motherhood with a purpose and what that looks like, what ultimately, what do I want to create for them? What kind of environment do I want to create? And and change the atmosphere for all of us, right? So that's yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. positive things I've been doing. And I've done really positive changes since then. I created, created my, a change in my environment so I can change what occurs to us, change things in my work so that it had better workability for my family, things like this. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're, you took the stuff from the Mindful Parenting course and you said, okay, I'm going to change my whole mindset. I'm going to start to look and that's what, you know, we do, of course, in that first part of that course, right, is lo like look at ourselves and say, what are, this is a relationship, relationship has, you know, me and it has you. So what am I bringing to the relationship? It looks like you really took a hard look about at what you were bringing to the relationship. What were you bringing before you took the Mindful Parenting course? I was bringing in a lot of guilt. I had a divorce and I moved states with my four kids and gained custody of my four kids. So as a mom, 
I was feeling guilty a lot for all the big changes I knew we were all going through, um, you know, shaking up their world. And then two, also feeling guilty because I had to work when I knew I really should be there for them. But I had to obviously um, take care of, you know, putting food on the table and all that good stuff. So, so that was one. And then the second one was just constantly feeling exhausted. You know, I'm working all day and, you know, I'm not getting good rest at night because they're little. So they come to my room, you know, that kind of stuff and just catching where my frustrations were. So I was really in a negative state and I recognized that I had to really look at where, where I was and recreate like, okay, in order to change this, what, what am I changing it to? Like, why don't I just come from a state of nothing what do I want to create in my home? And what do I want to create for my kids? You know, what areas do I need to look at to make that happen? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's cool. So, so we, we talked about you coming on to the, the podcast and, and we can talk about some and having the opportunity also to talk about some challenges too and get some support and things or some challenges that have been happening. It sounds like you've had some awesome things happening. You're sort of changing your mindset before we dive into any challenges that have been happening, how have your relationships, have have they improved? Have things changed and shifted since the spring? Yes. Truth is, I was in a place where because I was so mentally draining myself at the time, I was yelling at them when I got frustrated. And you made a point on on one of them that it was like, basically, showing us that we should take accountability for, for, or take responsibility for how we handle things. And it's not their fault that we're frustrated, right? You know, so look at how we're handling the situation. So that was a big one for me was looking at myself and saying, it's not their fault that this is happening. So how do I gain cooperation and yelling is not getting them to cooperate. It's controlling the situation. So so those are some of the areas I've been working on changing and figuring out ways for cooperation. It's a little tough because there's four and they're young and, but I'm, you know, staying focused is a big part of that, right? Like, you know, I'm not saying we don't slip at times. Of course, sometimes we slip and, but we fix it. You know, we jump back on, you know, I, yeah. but I, I'm sorry, just, I lost track of your question for a second. Can you say that one more time? I realized I, I thought about a different thing and I was like, no, I don't think that's the right. So what was that question? No, I was just wondering about your relationships and oh, yes. if they had, had there been changes since the spring. Yes. So much better. I found a stronger support system. So definitely helps with relationships because I'm able to give each one a, a lot more time at night. So we started doing like reading time. So um, my boys now say, mommy, can we talk tonight? Because they started kindergarten now. So I've been doing some talk time at night before they go to bed. And we're Christian, so we pray. So we do prayer time before we go to bed. And I, I just feel like that's been helping a lot too, because I think they're getting off their chest, things that are on their mind or, or whatever they're feeling and they get to express it. Whereas most of the time they don't get to do that when there's a lot of go, go, go all the time, right? So slowing down to listen um, and that's helped our relationships tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really been ingrained in me recently how like as we, anytime we're hurrying, we're sending a signal to our nervous system that there's a threat. Like our nervous system says, oh, there's a threat, stress response, you know, so we get, yeah. we signal that stress response any, anytime we're hurrying at all. So yeah. that's yeah. awesome, Michelle, because I, I remember talking to you during our 
coaching calls for the course and and you were working so hard and you squeeze them in in your day and you'd be in the car and you have all the kids and there was so much happening. I I think you remember that. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch. And I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Rituals Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. So, so sounds like there have been some changes, some slowing down, different, you've been doing some of that work for yourself to kind of slow yourself down and to give yourself some space, some grace and all of that. So what challenges are coming up now that, that you need an ear on that, that are frustrating? Yeah. So thank you. This is kind of one where I'm at right now. I will say one more thing to just finish off that relationship part. When we transitioned here, we moved here from California because of, I transferred where my job, where I had my mom's support and things like that. So for the first year here, we moved into Jersey. We stayed at my mom's house. So the kids were sharing rooms and things like that. And, you know, even the way the room was set up, because all their toys were in the room, and so the room would become messy. And I realized that even that affected their, the environment they were in was affecting their behavior. So when I finally got our own place, my big thing that I wanted to create to kind of was a, like a a place that where we can all just have peace and sanity for all of us. So I made a designated area for their playroom where their toys were there and their bedrooms were only for books and stuffed animals to sleep with. And Mm -hmm. that can, I can tell you has changed a world of a difference, even in their like, I think coming into their room and just kind of things becoming messy because they were playing and then you're yelling, you know, frustrated with them to like clean it and then they mess it up again. So even that, just really looking at your environment and changing that so that there was no fighting over toys before, you know, while they're in their room and just created a room for a place of 
like a more peaceful place, a quiet place. And you can go to your room if you want to read and have some quiet time. And I could tell you that's helped a lot, even in their relationships to like respect their siblings space, you know, really taught them that too. And that's helped a lot in their own relationships amongst each other from a lot of squabbling over things. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So that's, and that's what we talk about in the last module in mindful parenting is talk about some of the things you can declutter from your kids, your kids' rooms. That's so cool. That's great. I'm glad that you're mentioning that because it makes a huge difference. It does. Oh, it sure has. It. Re- I can tell you. I can tell you, Hunter. Is it okay to call you Hunter? Absolutely. Okay. I can tell you, Hunter. I can tell you, my youngest was literally screaming and crying before bed she would just refuse to go to sleep refuse it to the point where like I didn't you know how they say like okay just let her cry it out you know there you hear all people have all kinds of remedies for you so you try everything you wait 45 minutes with her until she falls asleep you know you let her cry it out you read a book you know there's 50 million things right but finally not until I changed the space I mean she was even grabbing toys like she would have meltdowns because she just did not want to go to sleep and but the new space I created for my kids it was a, it's amazing. Like they go, I say it's bedtime now. Everybody knows you go into your room. They already know the routine. We're going to read a story. They wait for me to, and then if I don't pray, they're going to big mommy. Don't forget to pray for me. You know, it's like, yes, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just the whole decluttering. I can't even tell you. It's definitely a world of a difference just in a small change like that. So I just wanted to like make it show how impactful that change could actually really be. So not to get stuck on the subject, but yeah. No, no, that's cool. This is what I'm going to be writing about in chapter eight of Raising Good Humans. Some of the stuff from module eight and mindful parenting, which is like, you know, the decluttering and the gratitude and the different practices for your home. So maybe I'll I'll, I'll grab a, a quote from you from this podcast and put it, put it into chapter eight. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. So cool. So what's up now? What's going on now and uh, with your family and your life? So my challenge, and you caught me right in the, in the midst of it, to be honest with you. That's why I thought the alignment was pretty interesting is, so I created this healthy environment. Our behavior has made us, there be, all of our behavior has made a significant difference, right? Because we've moved now three times. We went from California to here and my mom lives in a different town. So from one town, she, and then she went to a new school and then we moved to now another town where my, our new home is and um, another change of school. So apparently with all the changes and I think just also, you know, there's four kids so the attention obviously gets stretched and, you, you know, trying my best to share the attention, but, you know, a lot of things obviously get overlooked. She started having a hard time at school with math, the way it started. She just started school not long ago and oh, okay. uh, she's uh, seven. She'll be turning eight in February, which is in a, just a few more months. And uh, she started struggling with math when she started and it's a new math. So the way they they want the problems written down, she wasn't writing down the problem. She was getting the answers correct, but not doing the problems. And so I think they were, she was going up to the board and feeling embarrassed that she couldn't do the problems on the board. And so she was getting things wrong. And then I think that added to an insecurity. And then I think because she got insecure, she had some like a poor attitude about it. So there was like a behavioral thing because she felt kind of like she messed up. 
So then she'd get uh, teared down. They have like this tear down thing, which made her feel like she's failing on top of that. Now it's, a you know, now on top of messing up now this too. Right. So long story short, um, she started having where what, when she gets to that point, she's been shutting down mm-hmm. and she just doesn't respond back to the teacher. So the teacher may say something to her and she'll completely ignore her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, not only, but to make it worse, she would start doing her own thing, like going to coloring when they're doing classwork. Mm-hmm. And long story short, she's not supposed to be doing coloring. She's supposed to be doing classwork or she's not supposed to be looking at the hamster. She's supposed to be sitting down at her desk, you know, following instructions. Well, she wasn't. So we've been having uh, meetings with, you know, they've been, re- the school's reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying different things and we found out like she was going up to kids and asking if they wanted to be her friend and they would just like walk away from her. And my daughter loves nature and she loves catching bugs and things like that. So she would catch a bug and they'd call her weird, some of the girls. And so I think she started feeling a form of rejection along with failing on the school subject. And I think the combination of the two caused her to have a really poor reaction at school. And so the school and I were trying to, I was doing things at home for her, like talking with her at night, you know, like praying about things together. Maybe I was changing the way, like, let's talk about what we're thankful for. You know, if you want to make friends, how can you be a friend? Let's talk about ways we can be friends so we could try to make friends. Long story short, you know, we tried a few things. I put her in tutoring for math. The school counselor put her in a friendship class, but she it was only one of the friendship classes. Well, she made one friend, apparently, when they came back home excited, super happy. And the next day, that friend rejected her, said she didn't want to be her friend. And long story short, picked somebody else. And her heart was just broken. And so that same little girl, I guess my daughter, now when, now when that happens, she shuts down, right? Completely. And so they went to do her own thing, went to look at the hamster cage and the little girl screamed, look it, she's trying to open the cage. And then all the kids turn around and look at her. She right away felt like all this, the whole class look at her. She runs under a table and she told me that she looked at everybody and felt that everybody was mean and that they were liars and that she, so what she did was she picked her head up and lifted up the table. So she stood up, but from under the table, lifted it up and flipped the table. And uh, yes, obviously not good to do at school. And, And the crazy part is, is that she does not do that at home. So I one you can imagine my shock when the school called me because just the day before that she was like happy she made a friend I was like finally felt like there was breakthrough and we'd been creating things like you know you're a math expert you know we're putting good things in her head like before you know you're gonna be a math I was printing affirmations like you're a math expert let's practice practice and we're gonna be great at this let's be prayer warriors together. I bought her, you know, like a necklace that matched mine, like know that you can come to mommy with anything. I'm your mommy, but I'm also your friend you can talk to. I was trying to do just everything to keep things positive. But when that happened, it was just a heartbreaking moment for me. And this just happened last week. So last week I've taken off of work to be with her every day, taking her to Longwood Gardens, gave her a sketchbook so she can draw out like things that she might be feeling we talked about like, okay, let's sit down and talk. Like, what were you thinking and feeling at this time? So basically she was looking at it like she's not likable and the world around her is mean. So we changed it. Like, what does Sophia want? So so Sophia 
what makes you joyful. Okay, so I'm happy and and likable and the world is nice and friendly. Okay, let's let's really look at that, honey, and let's just believe in that and let's create that. And but the problem is is that when she had that meltdown meltdown at school, basically the teacher evacuated the class when obviously you see a, a with obvious, you know, safety concern, right? Table yeah. gets flipped in the air. Yeah. Um and the teacher evacuates everybody. And so now she has to live up to what she just did. So now she starts destroying the class, like flipping tables over and, um, yeah, and oh, shredding so papers. It's, oh, oh, you have no idea. I cried. But, but now the problem is, is that the school, which is where I came from today, is they won't let her return to school until they get a clearance from a psychiatrist. And to me, I right before you call me, I went in and I, I left because I, I said, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm looking for a school clearance, which obviously I know needs to have a discussion, all that. The, the school told me that the doctor's there to just confirm that she's safe to herself and others. But long story short, that psychiatrist told me he needed to make a diagnosis and I'm like, I, I'm sorry, that's, I'm not in agreement with you making a diagnosis and I need to look into that further to make, to find out, I, I don't want her to be labeled. And I took her to a natural path doctor and she told me, don't let them make a diagnosis. Why don't we change her eating habits? Like if she's eating too much sugar and she gave me like a whole thing on like pH balance and, and what to give her for food, make sure her sleeping patterns are healthier. I, she's not going back to school now because I had to literally walk out of the psychiatrist's office because he wants to, to diagnose her. And I'm like, oh I gosh. refuse that. So because I'm not in agreement now for him to diagnose her, she can't go back to school. And this is what you're finding me coming out of right now, Hunter, is oh, this. Michelle, this is so hard. This is so hard and heartbreaking moment for you. This is challenging so many things for you. You're stepping up to, you know, you're there for your daughter, you're doing the right things, and then you're hitting this wall. And that's got to feel incredibly frustrating. And just like you're banging a head against your wall. Yeah, it's like something that came at me where, you know, when you just feel like, I am creating everything healthy. And the, the good part is that I see this as like, okay, this is an opportunity to move this to another level for her and make her into an extraordinary person. But I won't allow a doctor to diagnose her. I believe in a lot of it has to do with teaching her how to, how to handle a tough situation yeah. and in her mind on how she's looking at the situation. But yeah. to diagnose her is an, I don't agree with. And so now because of that, she can't go back to school. And I was having her prepping her to take responsibility when she gets back to school, not run from the problem, but take responsibility, apologize to everybody for the error that she, you know, for doing something that wasn't working for her there and handling that in a wrong way. And now we're going to take accountability, apologize and let her know that her actions moving forward is going to be what wor works best for her and the class. And she recognizes that that did not work by by doing that. But that does not mean that's an opportunity for to school to yeah. push her to a psychiatrist so that she could be diagnosed with and be labeled. It's I, I can really, really understand your your anger and frustration in this moment. So let's just take a moment. Let's take a deep breath in. Okay. Let that exhale out. One more deep breath in. Let that exhale out. 
your poor daughter has been through so much and you have too. And you just can recognize, you can see her suffering. I mean, as you describe her situation, it's clear that her stress response, her fight, flight, or freeze response was triggered many times in these Mm -hmm. situations. Like she had her freeze response and she actually was trying to do something that was a really skillful thing for her to do, to color, to help her get back to a more even keel, right? That's something that's relaxing and calming for the brain. That um, I'm sure all the parents and teachers who are listening who have their kids in a Montessori system are shaking their heads in frustration right now because if she was in a different system, she would have been allowed to maybe take some time to take care of herself. Um, which I'm I'm frustrated as well that she wasn't allowed to do, you know, because we don't all necessarily learn the same thing at the same time at the same level. (sighs) Sigh. So that's the system, though, that she's in. And then she was, you know, she was redirected from that. And then, again, that stress response was was triggered even more she had flight and she had she had fight right yeah. she she had aggression come out which is a natural human reaction to this incredible stress that she was under she no longer knew what to do at that moment i know that she f- flight ran under the table i think she just felt like now what do i do right cuz everyone's looking at her <laughs> there's a yeah. scene going on and now what so I don't know. Yeah, she felt attacked. And so when human beings feel attacked, it's very natural that human beings have that aggressive response. She's not she's not a bad kid. I wouldn't say I mean I I'm not obviously a psychologist, but you know, she she I, I don't think she, there's she was under enormous stress and she wasn't being supported and then she she had this reaction which kids do immature stupid things because she was completely out of touch with her the it was all her lower brain that was acting it wasn't anything to do with her logical rational brain happening there at all in that moment and so she was had a lot of suffering and that sucks yeah <sighs> and this sucks for you it's like hard you're doing the this wonderful thing take it you know you're doing what you think is best like taking her out of school giving her your time connecting, helping her feel safe, right? Which is really yes. what she needs, right? Is to feel and safe. And loved. And loved. She's, and, and she's normal. Like, you're totally yeah. normal. Let's express it, honey. Like, let's let's communicate. You have someone to communicate with, right? So yeah. let's draw. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's go to a beautiful place that we both enjoy, you know. Yeah. Yes. Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So Michelle, we can't in the course of this call figure out what is exactly the right solution for you to do with the school and all of those things. But what we do know is that what you're doing is you're doing a lot of the right things. You're being there for your daughter. You're providing stability, you know, even though there was all this life changes you're bringing her stability in her life with regular routine and rhythm and simplifying her household. You're doing a lot of the right things and you're, you're being there for her. So just from one mom to another, like your loving response is very skillful. It's not, it's not unskillful. And you know, I, you have a right to feel frustrated and to feel angry. So if you, start to calm the body down and calm the mind down. I think you're doing so many of the right things. Like you're, you're offering your daughter tools to help take care of her difficult feelings. You know, you're offering her support, you're offering her safety. Um, And I think what you're doing, taking some time with this is a smart choice, like slowing down and not rushing to one conclusion or another because it's a moment of frustration and difficulty. There's just, I have a lot of empathy for you because this is a hard situation. This could happen to any kid who was under a stress like that. It's hard to be without friends and to be in a new place and to be under that so much pressure. So taking another deep breath in, Michelle. Another deep breath out. If you can imagine sort of your ideal scenario, if you can imagine maybe six months from now, your daughter's happily settled, things have worked out in a way that feels good for you. If I could kind of wave a magic wand to make that happen, what would happen? What would that be, that scenario? That scenario would be confidence in herself, in her learning abilities, and having personal achievements over the subjects such as her math and her, you know, writing skills. And then also having personal achievements with making 
you know, even just a few, one or two good friends that she feels, you know, caring and, and sweet with her. And she's very social and very lively and is sensitive and has a big heart. So even if it's one or two good friends that she can just be herself and give love and be able to receive love from them and feel comfortable with that. And three, to recognize that she can create amazing things and can be an extraordinary person if she can just focus on what she wants to build, not have other people affect that, but to believe in herself Mm -hmm. and know that she's amazing and she's created in God's image and she could do amazing things because everything's possible for her so long as she looks at everything with the choice of how she wants to see the situation as it approaches her. She can look at it in a, in, for what it is and she can also look at it with the right attitude and right state of mind and know with confidence that she can take charge of that situation and determine how she wants to interpret what comes at her, right? And to look at, and, and with that awareness, be able to make choices that work for her and the people around her. That's so beautiful, Michelle. I love that vision for your daughter. I love that. Now, let's, let's remember, right, that some of these things that we can't, you know, we can only control in so many ways ourselves, right? Like that a lot of these challenges and things that she's going through are her problems, meaning that there's certain things that you can do as a helper, as a supporter, but you can't fix her problems for her. Right. And so part of what I'm kind of hearing from you is that I want, I hear that you're wanting to encourage her to see the good, be grateful, see her power, see all those things. And I want you to keep doing that. Like that's wonderful to encourage her to do that. But what I would watch out for is just being careful of being so much the cheerleader for seeing the good that it becomes like she feels bad for feeling bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. That if she's having a bad feeling, there's something wrong with that. Mm. Um, Because we're all going to have bad feelings. We're all going to be angry. And she's normal for having her anger. And she's normal for having sadness and doubt and all of those other things too. Right. Those are all feelings that we all have too. And that it's hard because we want to, you know, we want to teach our kids, like I want to teach my daughters about their negativity bias of the brain and that we can focus on the positive. You know, I want to do that too, but we have to walk the line between do it, teaching them about their brain and teaching them about themselves and their possibilities, but also accepting them for exactly mm-hmm. who they are in this moment. Right. Meaning I'm with you on that. Your warts and all, your sadness and all, your suffering and all. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Michelle. And when you say that, you say accepting that, like just say like, it's okay to feel that. You know, I think sometimes part of us wants to fix things for them, right? As a mother, because you, you just want them to feel better. But how do I show her that I accept her for whatever she's feeling? And can I work with her to give her some ideas 
I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, that's that's a good question. So, you know, part of it might be saying it. Might even say, you know what, honey, um, you know, I I'm worried that I might have been giving you the message that it's, it's not okay to feel sad and worried and disappointed. And, and I want you to know it is, but mostly you, you do that by accepting those feelings in yourself, you know, practicing mm-hmm. to say, oh, this is, this has been a hard time. This has been hard for me. And I've had a lot of worries about it. I've had a lot of frustrations, like except as you accept that in yourself, then when she comes to you with those feelings, you can sit with that a little more easily. Does that make sense? Like you can just sit and say, okay, this is what is, this is the discomfort I feel inside with her uncomfortable feelings. And I can still be here for her and doing, and that can all just kind of be silently in you. And sometimes it might be as you practice that, you might be with her if she's having some difficult feelings and just saying to yourself, yes, yes, like instead of no, 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 right? That our brain is kind of unconsciously saying, mm-hmm. saying yes, yes, and kind of being like, it's okay, you know, saying to yourself, it's okay for her to have these feelings so that your body language and your presence can be more welcoming and accepting. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, I got you. So she doesn't feel like I, I'm not making her, I don't want... Right. So she doesn't feel like I shouldn't feel this way. So it's bad to feel this way. Like, know that you're going to feel this way. It's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's get it off your chest. And is there some ideas that we can have together to to make you feel better? Or what can make you feel better? Maybe something like that? Yeah, yeah. Put yourself in that helper role. Like, this has been a hard time and I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. I can't fix everything. I can't solve everything. And this might be, you know, this might, this this seems like it's a really hard year, but I can, I love you and I'm here to support you. Yes. Put yourself in that helper role. Oh my gosh, Michelle. I, we, as you, we know, we had to kind of squeeze our our yeah. call in. I have to go get my daughter from the no <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you have, you. you know, this is an intense time for you. This is a hard time for you. I'm glad that I got to hear you and, and listen to this challenging time for you. Do you have um, a takeaway that you have from talking today at all? Yes. To be able to create so that she understands that she's accepted regardless of what she feels that I accept her and not make her feel wrong for what she's feeling. Yeah. Awesome. That's so beautiful, Michelle. Then, and I wish you the best of luck as you deal with this, this whole thing. I encourage you to just slow it down. Try to give yourself time to take one step at a time. Don't feel rushed. Be in your power and know that all the people you're dealing with are human too and and try to relate to them at that level. And I I, I really, oh, I'm like sending you like a big hug <laughs> over the phone because I've been so hard. Thank you, Hunter. I really appreciate your conversation and this, this phone call and this time. Thank you very much and your advice, of course. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Mama podcast. I hope 
you enjoyed this really deep and vulnerable way that my alumni, Michelle, shared. She was really brave and wonderful. And, you know, I really think that we can take a lot away from this, you know, talking about slowing down, you know, talking about accepting our kids' suffering and encouraging, you know, their positive thinking. But um, there's so much here, right? It just, I think this conversation, she's just can be so helpful to us in so many ways because the things that parenting brings up aren't easy. They're deep and they're nuanced. And it really makes us look at ourselves and how are we showing up, right? So a couple of ways that you can learn more and you can dive in, you can learn more at, we're going to be doing the Mindful Parenting free training. You can learn more about that at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. And I want to remind you that if there are just a few spots left, if you would like to spend a week with me, I'm not sure uh, that we don't have any plans to do anything like this again. So in the future yet, I mean, who knows, maybe it'll happen, but this is not like a regular thing I do. It's a really special and exciting thing. It's the Raising Good Humans VIP retreat in Costa Rica. It's just before Easter. And it's for you to take time away from your kids, time for you, time for growth so that you can return relaxed, filled up. And it's really kind of an amazing once in a lifetime thing. So I would love for you to join me if you want to talk more about that. Let me know. You can learn more at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. I'm so excited. We have some amazing people coming already. And like I said, my mom's coming. So cool. Mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. And if Costa Rica is not going to happen for you, support the podcast by sharing this. Maybe this episode resonates with you or another one. And it really helps a lot for you to share it and for you to leave reviews and all of that. So that would be wonderful. If you cannot come and join me in Costa Rica, please go ahead and leave a review. So wishing you a beautiful week, wishing you a beautiful start to your new year. I hope this, this episode helped you really remember what's important and helped us. I mean, it certainly helped me think about my own, the way we show up, right? There's, there's so much to that. And I, I thank Michelle so much for being so brave to share her story so openly with everyone. All right. Carry on. Stay calm. Stay grounded. Ground yourself. Breathe. Let's do it together. Big breath in. Let that breath out. Let's do it again. Big breath in. Big sigh out. And thank you so much for listening. There are so many good things to come this year. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited that you and I are connecting, that we're here in this airspace. I'm in your ears with you. And I just think it's amazing that we can connect in this beautiful way. Sending you wishes for peace and joy and calm this week. All right. Talk to you soon. Namaste. Breathe. I'm interrupting the podcast to invite you to imagine 
listening to the ocean and feeling the warm breeze on your face. Imagine seeing little monkeys and smelling the fragrance of a tropical orchid while looking out at a vista of islands and endless ocean. This will be your reality when you join me for the Mindful Mama Costa Rica Retreat next April. We'll be staying in a luxurious private estate, which has a view to the beach over the rainforest canopy from every room, as well as from the yoga porch and the infinity pool. Join me and other mindful mamas with each day designed to have a perfect balance of time for yoga, mindfulness, discussion, and free and open time so you can either make it adventurous, go hiking, learn to surf, kayak through the mangroves, go ziplining or more, or make it relaxing. Instead of adventures, relax poolside or wander down to the beach. We'll start each day with meditation and all levels yoga on the yoga porch. Every afternoon, we'll come together for guided relaxation and coaching and discussion with me. Locally sourced foods will be served at breakfast and dinner by our talented in-house chef. If you want to get away from everything and take the break that I know you deserve, join me. We have limited spots available, so now is the time to reserve at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica or email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica, or email me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. I can't wait for you to join me there. Breathe. Thank you to DJ Taz Rashid for this wonderful song, Inspiration Drive. Go ahead and download his album, Live in Love, on Apple Music or on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.